the Sixth Trumpet War or World War III is one of the next two events to occur on God's end-time timeline. Is the current U.S.-Israel drill simulating a strike on Iran's nuclear facilities setting the stage for that war to begin? Well, we will analyze the prophetic significance of these events on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. I'm going to be talking today about the Sixth Trumpet War, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 16, or the potential World War III that's coming up just ahead of us. And to give you a scenario here that we need to be watching, even though there is so much going on in the world, and I understand everything, but this is one of the things, that, one of the next events on God's prophetic timeline, so we've got to talk about it. The Times of Israel reported that in a first, U.S. refueler planes are to take part in a major Israeli drill for a potential strike on Iran. And a collaboration involving Israeli fighter jets and American refuelers is seen as a message to Iran regarding potential for U.S. assistance in an actual Israeli attack on Iran. Now, I know they've talked about this before, and there have been many coalitions like this put together where they did drills, but not with American refueler planes. The United States will participate in Israel's large-scale drill simulating a strike on Iran's nuclear facilities as part of the broader chariots of fire exercise reported by Channel 13. According to the unsourced report, the U.S. Air Force will serve as a complementary force with refueling planes. Of course, you understand how important they are if you're going to do a a, uh, long-range mission. And they're drilling with Israeli fighter jets as they simulate entering Iranian territory and carrying out these repeated strikes. This is this unprecedented Israel-U.S. aerial collaboration in drilling, simulating a strike on Iran's nuclear facilities, is seen as a potential message to Iran amid this long-stalled negotiations in Vienna over a return to the 2015 Um, nuclear deal, the JCPOA, or the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, a possibility Israel has repeatedly voiced its objection to, warning that it could lead to a more violent, more volatile Middle East, because the original JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, had a sunset clause and would allow Iran to go ahead and get a nuclear weapon. That's why President Trump pulled us out of that original agreement. Well, the Biden administration is trying to push for 
advocate for getting us back in another Iran nuclear deal. And of course, Israel is absolutely opposed to that. Large numbers of Israeli fighter jets, dozens actually, according to Khan TV News, will take part in the simulated attack on Iran's nuclear facilities. The TV report noted that when Israel conducted a major drill for such an attack some 10 years ago, when it was widely reported to be on the point of striking Iran, the U.S. did not participate in that one. But now we're heavily involved right now in the, in the, the current one. The Israeli military has taken steps throughout the past year to prepare a credible military threat against Tehran's nuclear facilities. The United States, in turn, has expressed reluctance to prepare for a military confrontation with Iran, but nonetheless said that it would explore other options if the talks in Vienna failed. So the United States, with the Biden administration, is really trying to straddle a big fence, trying to stand with, stand with and protect Israel, but yet trying to sign a deal with Iran, which would eventually allow them to get a nuclear weapon. So you can see what's happening here with the United States under the Biden administration. Imagine being Israel, relying on us as their number one ally to help protect them against Iran, knowing that on the other hand, we're trying to strike a nuclear deal with them, eventually allowing them to get a nuclear weapon you would be wondering what in the world is going on with the Biden administration. But that's, the, that's where we're living right now. Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz, he warned that the price tag for tackling the Iranian challenge on a global or regional level is higher than it was a year ago, but it's lower than it will be in a year. So he's, they're really, really prepping up for, to do something very soon against Iran. Benny Gantz actually said that Iran was just a few weeks away from accumulating sufficient fissile material for a bomb and would also work to finish the production and installation of 1,000 advanced centrifuges for enriching uranium, including a new underground site at the Natanz nuclear facility in Iran. So this aerial drill comes amid a massive military exercise dubbed the Chariots of Fire, which involves nearly all units of the Israeli Defense Forces and has been focused, focusing on training for fighting on Israel's northern borders, including against the Iran-backed Hezbollah terror group up in Lebanon. So as you can see, everybody, we have a very... Um, tense situation here. It's been tense for years. And the reason I wanted to bring it to you is because the Bible says a war is coming out of the Middle East region, right there, the Euphrates River region, that when the smoke clears from that war, one third of the world's population will have been destroyed. So we keep our eyes on the Euphrates River region and what's going on there very, very closely because this is one of the next two events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. So let's talk about that prophetic timeline, now that you kind of understand the situation going on in the Middle East. You know, Jesus talked about wars and rumors of wars 
in the New Testament. It's in the Olivet Discourse, located in Matthew chapter 24, which is the most famous prophecy chapter in the entire Bible. And Jesus gives signs of His return in this chapter. Now, I, I know I'm coming up to a break here. We'll get, we'll get straight off into this, but I wanted to make sure everybody understood today the situation. Yes, we are dealing with all kinds of different uh, prophetic scenarios around the world, world government, world religion, but this war is one of the next two events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. So we want to make sure we're very aware of what's coming so that way we can prepare ourselves and our families for this prophecy. In the Bible, God gave us a timeline from the beginning to the end of the age. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching our brand new video, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. Get your DVD of The Future According to Bible Prophecy free with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com slash future or 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back, everybody. I've got a quick announcement. Uh, Tomorrow evening, this is May 19th from 7 to 9 p.m., my wife and I will be down in Kaufman, Texas. It's about 45 minutes to an hour south of our television studios here in Plano. We will be at the Grace Fellowship Baptist Church, 7650 FM 1388. I'll be teaching the future according to Bible prophecy giving you some uh, current updates, what's going on in the news right now. So meet us down there. I know the, I talked to the, our uh, Tina Norvell talked to the pastor yesterday. So we've got a lot of people that are going to come. So it's going to be an awesome conference. Looking forward to that. So if you're anywhere uh, in South Dallas, down around there, meet us in Kaufman, Texas at Grace Fellowship Baptist Church, 7650 FM 1388. Starts at 7 p.m. tomorrow evening. Looking forward to that. Now, Jesus warned of wars and rumors of wars. The Bible says 
And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately and said, Lord, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world or the end of this age? Which is when the Lord will come back, plant his feet on the Mount of Olives, do away with human government, and establish his kingdom here on the earth for the next 1,000 years. They were saying, what's it going to be like around that time? Well, the word world here, or the original Greek, A-I-O-N, in many places in Scripture, is translated age. Because it's not referring to the end of all of humanity and the existence of the earth. That's after the great white throne of judgment. Instead, this refers to the end of the age, when Jesus comes back, the second coming, and the battle of Armageddon. So as Jesus answers the disciples' questions, he states, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That's Matthew 24, 6. So the end he is alluding to, again, is the end of the age. It's not the end of all of mankind. It's not the end of the world, as you would know it, but it's the end of this age. It occurs, and so what it means is all of these wars will occur prior to the soon coming of Jesus Christ. Once Jesus comes back, there will be no more war on the earth. Countless wars have occurred throughout time. According to Jesus, it will be no different in the days preceding the second coming, or the years. The description of every war is not provided, however. Now, the first trumpet, the World War I, the second trumpet, World War II, they are described in the end-time prophecies. And, you know, it comes as no surprise since in terms of casualties, at the time they occurred, these were two of the, most, of, of the worst wars that have ever been fought. However, while Jesus was prophesying, He knew every characteristic of these wars would not fit the narrative of that chapter. And therefore, he left those two wars, the details of those wars, for John in Revelation chapter 8, the the first and second trumpet. Only the timing is provided for most of these innumerable, nondescript wars. And therefore, I want to focus on what we do know. Now, the sixth trumpet war, that's what I want to focus on, because... It's one of the next two events, and if we have not already started the war, it could start at any time. Revelation chapter 9, starting with verse 13, the Bible says, And the sixth angel sounded, I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which are prepared for an hour a day, a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. I want to let that sink in for just a moment. A third of all the people on the earth will be destroyed in this war. And then the Bible says, And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. Now, that's Revelation 9, 13 through 16. So the Bible tells us where this world, this World War III, will begin. Revelation 9.14 says, Saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, 
Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. The Euphrates River starts in Turkey, flows down through Syria, enters into the northern boundary of Iraq, and then empties into the Persian Gulf. The Euphrates and the Tigris Rivers meet to form the last 50 to 60 mile border between Iraq and Iran. So it is this area where the Bible says World War III will originate. Now, many believe we are already in this war, but that it has not escalated to the point where there will be mass casualties. The, I, I, I always refer back to this one specific article that I read a while back, the Jewish News Syndicate. They published an article by a gentleman named Ken Abramowitz. The title of the article, World War III Has Already Begun. In the article, Mr. Abramowitz states, World War III, the conflict we now unfortunately find ourselves in, is far more complex and confusing than World War II. A good example is America's principal enemy, Iran. And this is what we're dealing with in the news. This is why the United States has our refueling planes over there doing drills that are simulating Israel and the United States attacking Iran. And so, now you can see why we're focused on this. I mean, Iran, according to this article, supported by Russia, China, and the European Union, a lot of people don't understand that, which declared war on America really 40 years ago and continuously preaches genocide against the United States. They say death to America or big Satan. In Israel, they say death to Israel or little Satan. Really, as the aggressor, Iran relatively successfully uses all six forms of modern-day warfare, physical, cultural, economic, legal, demographic, and cyber warfare. And it has created three worldwide terror arms. It's the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. They specialize in physical terrorism, narco-terrorism, and culture terrorism with an estimated almost half a million terrorist operatives in over 30 different countries. I mean, they could come in our southern border of the United States, no problem, right? Nobody's protecting ex- except our the border uh, police down there, and they're having a hard time containing that. People are coming across like crazy. So Iran's goal is to take over the world. Not necessarily just take over Israel or the United States. They see Israel and the United States in the way of their goal of taking over the world and to convert everyone to Islam, particularly the Shiite version, using all forms of warfare. And therefore, according to Ken Abramowitz, we find ourselves in World War III. Even though we don't want to be, even though we don't even... Um, we don't think we are, and we don't even want to consider the possibility that we might be. He believes we've been in this war for quite some time now, but it's just not escalated to the point where we would have these mass casualties. Now, I, I fully understand that this is one man's opinion. However, with the prophetic knowledge of the location of this war's starting point, right there in the Euphrates River region, and Iran's quest for a nuclear weapon, and the fact that she is the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet, 
It's not Russia. It's not China. It's not North Korea. Iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism. This is certainly something that we should be watching. Imagine the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet getting a nuclear weapon. It's, it's unthinkable. Now, whether it starts in Iran or somewhere else in the Euphrates River region, if it has not already begun, it appears as if we are on the brink of this great war. Additionally, because over 2 billion people are prophesied to die in this war, I mean with current, we're approaching 8 billion people. So we're looking at what, 2.7 billion it is doubtful that the war will be contained in this area. I mean, the entire Middle East region has a population of uh, right around 400 million, which means this war will start in the Euphrates River region, but it will spread out around the world from there. It's going to expand. And this is one of the major differences between when people talk about the Six Trumpet War and the Battle of Armageddon, because a lot of people like to, to cram them together and say, well, this is the last great war on the earth, and uh, it's going to be the Battle of Armageddon, and it's going to spread around the whole world. No. Big difference between the Six Trumpet War and the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon is localized right there in the nation of Israel. The Six Trumpet War is going to spread out around the world. Now, I want to look at maybe a few characteristics of this Sixth Trumpet War so people really understand what we're talking about here. One-third of mankind is going to be destroyed. The Bible says, Then the four angels who had been prepared for an hour a day, a month, and a year were turned loose to kill one-third of all the people on the earth. That's Revelation 9.15, the New Living Translation. So the angels who are bound in the Euphrates River, they are spirits. The Bible tells us angels are ministering spirits to us who are the heirs of salvation. All angels, all uh, angels are spirits. However, these four angels are not ministering angels. They are part of the one-third portion of angels who rebelled with Satan. They are evil spirits. We know these angels are evil because this verse says that they are bound. And when they are loosed, their assignment is to kill one-third of all of mankind. Now, again, with the global population, of, it's approaching 8 billion now. This war will kill close to 2.7 billion, with a B, people. Again, I know it's unthinkable. I don't even really like talking about it. However, it's the Sixth Trumpet War. We have to talk about it. And the, the, the first five trumpets have already occurred. And that's why it's important to understand the, the, the book of Revelation and how it's segmented. Uh, because if you don't understand that, you'll think all of these, the trumpets have to happen during the final seven years. But that's simply not the case. The first four seals in the book of Revelation have already been opened. And the first five trumpets have already sounded and those events have occurred. 
And so it, it's, it's right to get the interpretation of these prophecies right, isn't it? It helps you. It'll, it'll open up your ex, in understanding of the book of Revelation completely once you understand the um, different divisions of the book of Revelation, how it's segmented out. It really opens up your understanding. And then you can see why we say this is one of the next two events on God's prophetic timeline. This war and the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And, you know, although it would be a, a futile effort, we could speculate about why a third world war will be fought. I, I currently do not have the answer for that. However, I do know studies have been done concerning the unsustainable population growth and that World War III scenarios have been considered in those reports. Yes, there are people's mind that would go there to think, well, there's too many people on the earth. Population control, what's faster than a war? Now, again, I, it's unthinkable to me. But there are people on the earth that have the capability of their mind to go to something that devious. You know, the scope of World War III is going to be enormous. It's going to be, what, uh, in terms of casualties, 40 times World War II? And just like any war, the propaganda machine is going to spin out of control with a plethora of reasons why the world should support this war. Again, I do not know why this war will occur. However, it will happen because it's prophesied Revelation 9, 13 through 16, and the prophecies always, always, always come to pass. Not one prophecy in the Bible will go unfulfilled. So the prophesied location and the amount of people destroyed in this war are just a couple reasons why many people have speculated that the Russia-Ukraine conflict could be World War III. But I don't think so. Let me give you another reason why I think that the Russia-Ukraine situation may not be at, and we may be staring at it, again, I'm speculating, but that we may be staring at it with this Iran-Israel-United States situation and some of the other Arab nations. Some of the other Arab nations that signed the Abraham Accord, they're against Iran as well. And so it's kind of like a regional thing that may be going on here. So you can see why I wanted to talk about this today. Because for the first time, the United States and our refueling planes are doing drills with Israel simulating an attack on Iran. And they need our refueling planes for that kind of attack, for a long-range attack between Israel and Iran. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. I also need to let you know that there will be a 200 million man army that participates in this war. So, the question is, who will be involved in the war? Revelation 9, 16. The Bible says the number of the mounted troops was 200 million. And I heard the number of them. Now, Revelation 16 foretells an army... Of, or I'm sorry, Revelation 13 foretells an army of 200 million that will participate in this war. In October of 1980, 1998, Colonel Larry M. Wurzel prepared a, a, a report titled China's Military for the Strategic Studies Institute, U.S. Army War College, 122 Forbes Avenue, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. In the report, Mr. Wurzel states, China's standing armed forces of some 2.8 million active soldiers in uniform is the largest military force in the world. Approximately 1 million reservists and some 15 million militia back them up. But with a population of over 1.2 billion people, China also has a potential manpower base of another Listen at this number, 200 million males that are fit for military service available at any time. In addition to its wealth and manpower, China is a nuclear power. So 2,000 years ago, John said there's going to be a war that will emanate out of the Euphrates River region And a 200 million man army would participate in this war. Now, that was not possible back in John's day. But today, it is possible. You say, well, so hey, that means China will be part of this end time war scenario. I'm saying that it is highly likely. However, there are two other entities that could actually field an army of 200 million men. And, again, if you look up on the Internet and say, how many 
people are in the active military of China today, it's not going to say 200 million. But when it comes to a world war scenario, they can take men of military age. And you remember when the Russia-Ukrainian situation kicked off? And they wouldn't let anybody, I think it was from 18 to 60 years old, no men, 18 to 16 years old, they would not let them leave the country. Because, hey, we're in a fight for our, the life of our country, right? And we may need all of you from 18 to 60 years old. And so with that, the Islamic world has a population of approximately 1.9 billion. India has about 1.35 billion in population. So any of these, China, the Islamic faction, and India, any of these entities could fulfill this prophecy. And we definitely must consider that the Islamic faction will be involved since this war emanates from the Euphrates River, which is at this time controlled by Islamic nations. Furthermore, we can be very sure the United States will be involved in this war. America is, currently has thousands of troops stationed in the Euphrates River region and also has the nuclear firepower to kill 2.7 billion people. Again, folks, I know this is an unthinkable scenario. Again, myself and uh, Doug Norvell, Vince, a lot of us here at the ministry, we don't even like to talk about World War III. But just like all the prophecies that have preceded it, World War III is coming. And you say, well, Dave, you're just being sensationalistic. You're trying to blow this. No, no, I'm not blowing it up out of the water. If I had, if I had my... Uh, choice, I wouldn't even talk about this. But this war is coming. Just like there's been a World War I, which was prophesied in Scripture, a World War II, which was prophesied. Those were trumpets one and two. Trumpet number six is coming. Now, the question is, will it be nuclear? That's been a big thing between Russia and Ukraine. Will that go nuclear? Because then you're talking about Mass casualties. You're not, you're not talking about thousands or ten thousands. You're talking about millions and potentially billions. So the scripture says here in Revelation 13, And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat upon them, having breastplates of fire and jacinth and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions. And out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. And by these was the third part of men killed. By the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone. Which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents and had heads. And with them they do hurt. That's Revelation nine, seventeen through 19 So we've got to understand, John was doing his best 2,000 years ago to describe modern-day warfare. He had never seen a, a, a firecracker, much less a nuclear missile. Nevertheless, if you look closely, it appears as if he is de- detailing some sort of a missile attack, quite possibly nuclear. And I say this because the conflict that is going to be triggered when World War III begins, when it really escalates, 
will engulf the entire world. And to kill 2.7 billion human beings in such a short period of time, it's unlikely that it will be anything other than a nuclear war. In Revelation 9.18, John calls the fire, smoke, and brimstone plagues. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues. There's an Old Testament passage concerning the usage of nuclear weapons at the Battle of Armageddon that helps us to understand the same plague terminology that will be used at the Sixth Trumpet War. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 12. Now this is talking about the Battle of Armageddon, but it teaches us that there will be nuclear weapons at Armageddon. It says, And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh will consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. So according to all accounts of what, if you remember some of the accounts that happened at um, uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, the flesh fell from people's bodies and their eyes dropped from their sockets. So taking that into account, the amount of people that are going to be killed and the plagues in both Zechariah 14 and Revelation 9, it's highly likely, if not certain, the Sixth Trumpet War will be nuclear. Now, a question that arises is, when is this war going to take place? Again, I've had so many people say that the Sixth Trumpet War and the Battle of Armageddon are are the same exact war. But that's simply not the case. I'm writing a huge article in End Time Magazine right now proving that the, uh, the, showing the differences in a Sixth Trumpet War and the Battle of Armageddon. So from the Old Testament prophets to Revelation chapter 22, God gave us a timeline of events to follow spanning 3,500 years. And of those prophecies, the Sixth Trumpet War is one of the next two to be fulfilled. The seven trumpets, along with the seven seals and the seven vials, they make up the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. Now, I don't have the time today to explain the entire seven trumpets prophecy. I want to stick right on the sixth trumpet. For a conclusive explanation on the seventh trumpets prophecy, you can order the seven trumpets DVD by calling 1-800-363-8463, visit endtime.com. If you're a... um, Subscribe to our End of the Age Plus uh, platform, which has access to all of our DVDs and teachings. Just go watch the Seven Trumpets DVD in the Understanding the End Time, and it will explain in detail and, uh, about all the Seven Trumpets. But I want you to understand the sequence of timing of these events. According to Scripture and history, the first trumpet was World War I, 1914 to 1918. The second trumpet was... Now, these are 2,000-year-old prophecies, right? But watch how fast they're clicking off. So, World War I, 1914 to 18. The second trumpet, the World War II. That was, what, 1939 to 1945. The third trumpet, the Chernobyl nuclear accident in April. It happened on April 26, 1986. The fourth trumpet with the speeding up of time, the process of globalization with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall, 
that occurred on November 9, 1989. And then the fifth trumpet, the Iraq war with Saddam Hussein, 90, 1990 to 1991. So you see, they've had just a very short period of time. The sixth trumpet war, World War III, uh, of course, we don't know the date. We, if, if we haven't started that war, it, it could happen at any time. And then, of course, the seventh trumpet, which is the last trump, and that's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, of course, we, don't know, we currently don't know that date either. So you can see that this 2,000-year-old sequence of prophesied events began to be fulfilled just over 100 years ago. The first five have happened so fast and now it's occurring very rapidly. So the Sixth Trumpet War, uh, which occurs either just before or shortly after the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians, is one of the next events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. And that is why we say if we are not already in this war, it could begin at any time. There's not another prophecy that needs to be fulfilled prior to the beginning of this war. And we also need to understand another perspective here, which involves a parenthetical insertion, and that's Revelation chapter 10, of this skeletal structure of the book of Revelation, and it's pertaining to the timing of this war. This war will occur before the Great Tribulation. That's right. The Sixth Trumpet War, which is separate from the Battle of Armageddon, occurs before the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation begins three and one-half years before the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Daniel 7.25 tells us this explicitly. It says that the little horn, the Antichrist, will make war against the saints for time, one year, times, two years, and half a time, which is half a year. Revelation 13.5 says the same thing. But it states the time in a different way. It says, Power was given unto him, the Antichrist, to continue 42 months. And he makes war against the saints and prevails against them. So, time, times, and half a time, from Daniel 7.25, is referring to the same amount of time as the 42 months referenced in Revelation 13.5. It's the Great Tribulation. Additionally, Revelation 12.6 says that the dragon makes war with the woman, Israel, for 1,260 days. 1,260 days is the same amount of time as three and one half years. So, every time the Great Tribulation is mentioned, the Bible says it's three and one half years long. And it's very important that we understand that because we're going to show this war happens prior to that. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Back in the Olivet Discourse, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15 through 21, Jesus said the great tribulation would begin at the abomination of desolation, which is when the Antichrist stands in the third temple proclaiming to be God. When that event occurs, the Jews living in Judea, the West, modern-day West Bank, will have to flee because there will be great tribulation, greater than there ever has been before, or ever is going to be after that. Daniel 9.27 says the abomination of desolation occurs halfway through the final seven-year period. So halfway through the seven years is three and one-half years. The first half of the seven-year period is the build-up to the final three and one-half, which is the Great Tribulation. Now, we know the Six-Trumpet War will happen before the Great Tribulation, because of what follows that prophecy in Revelation 9, 13-21. Immediately after this, we move right into Revelation chapter 10, and it talks about the beginning of the tribulation. The war happens right there at the end of chapter 9. Then we move right into 10. It says, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. Now this is Revelation, uh, what would that be? Revelation 11, Revelation 10, verses 1 through 2. So John then interjects the prophecy of the seven thunders and continues with the angel standing on the sea and the land in verse 5. He says, the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it and the earth and the things that are in it and the sea and the things that are in it, that there should be delay no longer. Now that's Revelation 10, 5 through 6, and that's from the New King James Version. That delay should be no longer. The King, the King James Version says there should be time no longer. And it, it does not mean that it is the end of the world because the very next chapter, chapter 11, Revelation 11, talks about another three and one half years, right? So, and then later, later on in the book of Revelation, it, it foretells another 1,000 years. So what does the Bible mean when it says in Revelation 10, 6, in most translations, there should be delay no longer? Well, it simply means we have reached a crossroads or a a turning point here. Then uh, the angel in chapter 10 with one foot on the land, one foot on the sea, declares the delay shall be no longer. Revelation 11, 1 and 2 reveals the prophecy about 
measuring the temple, and it says that Gentiles will tread down the temple for the next 42 months. Revelation 11.3 says that uh, over, the, over the course of the next 42 months, the two witnesses of God begin their ministry, which lasts 1,260 days. So this is how we know the Great Tribulation begins at the time the angel stands on the land and the sea, and it lasts for the final three and one-half years. And therefore, the sequence of events is as follows. Listen closely. In Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, it reveals the Sixth Trumpet War, which is World War III. Immediately after that, in Revelation chapter 10, it reveals the beginning of the Great Tribulation. And then in Revelation 11, it reveals the events that transpire during the final three and one half years, culminating with the sounding of the seventh and final trump. Revelation 11.15 says, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. This is at the second coming, the seventh trump, the last trump. And so then, but back in Daniel 12.1, it gives the Old Testament account of this prophecy. It says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the, thy, the, for the children of thy people. And, you know, Daniel's referring to the people of Israel. And then he continues and says, And there shall, should be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. So Daniel here, what, 2,500 years ago, is talking about the Great Tribulation. And... Jesus described the Great Tribulation in Matthew 24, 21. And he said, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So Daniel in Daniel 12 and Jesus in Matthew 24 are referring to the exact same event. Then Daniel uh, 12, verses 5 through 6, foretells the same event that John prophesied about in Revelation 10. Stating uh, that, and Daniel said, Then I, Daniel, looked and behold, and there stood another two, one on this side of the bank of the river, one on the other side of the bank of the river. And one man said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? Daniel 12, 7 continues and says, And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for time, times, and half a time. This is the exact same event that occurs in Revelation 10, with the angel that had the book, that had one foot on the land, one foot on the sea. It's the exact same thing. Daniel 12 and Revelation chapters 10 and 11 prophesy the great tribulation and its duration which is a time, time, and half a time, 42 months, 1260 days, three and one half years. There are no scriptures in the Bible for a seven-year great tribulation. It's not in there. Every prophecy that's concerning the great tribulation is, says that it's only three and one half years. In Revelation 9, 13 through 21, the sixth trumpet war will occur, kill one-third of the human race. Then the Great Tribulation will begin. We do not know how far the 
the, before the Great Tribulation that this war will begin. It could be two years before. It could be four years, five years. We simply don't know. But because this information is not revealed to us. You say, wow, Dave, that is just a, uh, this is such an, an ominous prophecy. Look, I, I, I know, I know it is. And I'm, I'm living in the same world that you're living in, believe me. And you say, well, could it reach the shores of the United States? It's, it, it, it's very possible that it could. Because we've got our hands in everything going on overseas just about. So to think that it would not reach the shores of the United States, you know, I, of course I'm speculating. But I'm saying this war will reach out around the world. From, it's going to start in the Euphrates River region, but it will stretch out around the world. And it could reach the shores of the United States. So, very sobering. I totally agree. Will it annihilate every person on the earth? No, it absolutely will not. The Bible's very specific that it will, it will kill one-third of the people on the planet. Probably most of the population centers, since they're overseas, they will feel the brunt of that war. I mean, it's going to emanate out of the Euphrates River region, which is obviously, you know, way past Israel. So it's what, maybe 9,000 miles from here, 8,500 or 9,000 miles. I mean, it's on the other side of the world just about. And so it's going to start there. I mean, there is the, the likelihood that China could be wiped off the face of the planet. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm totally speculating here, but I, I know it's a horribly ominous prophecy. So I wanted to leave you with this. Is there a place of safety? I mean, uh, you know, what do we do? Go hide ourselves in a foxhole? Do we go bury ourselves in a cave in Colorado somewhere? I mean, what do we do? You know, no, we're not going to do that. The Bible says during the time of the Antichrist, which the Antichrist will come to power sometime at the end of or just after this war, we believe that this war could be an entrance ramp for the Antichrist. But because after World War I and World War II, what was the solution to not having another world war like that? World government, both times, the League of Nations and the United Nations. So what do you think it's going to be when 40 times the amount of people are killed in World War III? World government. So World War III is going to happen. One third of mankind will die. Is there a place of safety? There's only one place of safety. The Bible says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The Bible says, except a person is born again, he cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. Our only hope for today, regardless of if it's you know, rising inflation or a pandemic or a, uh, you know, a border crisis, anything. Our only hope in this life is not politics. Our only hope in this life is not our own intellect. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. That's it. During the Sixth Trumpet War, beyond anything, standing in the arms of Jesus Christ. Now, 
for a conclusive explanation. And, and that's the thing is to be prepared for the second coming. Make sure you're ready to go. Because the Bible says, through the act of Calvary, Jesus Christ defeated him that had the power of death and took away the and, and removed people from the bondage of the fear of death that they had been in, bound to their entire life. How do you do that? Be born again. How do you prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ? Be born again. Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, except a man's born again can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't have much time left today, but for a conclusive explanation of the biblical plan of salvation, to be born again, call 1-800-363-8463 and ask for the free brochure, What Do You Mean Born Again? It goes through all the scriptures in great detail. And it gives you, why should we do this? Why is this necessary? Why is that necessary? Why do I need to do all these different things? Or visit endtime.com and simply go to the search bar and look up, what do you mean born again? It's right there, free of charge. It's for everybody. And, you know, don't wait. Be born again today. The Bible says this is the day of salvation. So, yes, according to Scripture, the battle of Armageddon will occur at the end of the Great Tribulation. The battle, this, this sixth trumpet war, World War III, that's going to occur prior to the Great Tribulation. So, again, a place of safety, absolutely. Be born again. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. You say, there's no way I could walk through the times just ahead without being scared out of my mind and just shaking in my shoes. Yes, there is. The Bible says during the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. That's why it's imperative that you're part of a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. You're involved in good truth-teaching Bible studies, and that you've been born again. It takes the fear factor out of it. I know I'm ready to meet the Lord tomorrow morning should I be called home. And that way you can fulfill your purpose in this earth that Jesus has for everybody, and that's to seek and save that which is lost. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.